Welcome back to the Ripley Recall, a 40-minute podcast shared every week right here from beautiful Camp Ripley in central Minnesota. I'm your host, Mr. Tony Housie, U.S. Army retired. This podcast will focus on the people, the mission, and the innovations that make up the citizen soldiers and airmen here in Minnesota. You can log in through the link in the description for the latest events and activities of Camp Ripley and the Minnesota National Guard. And today with me is ATF uh, Firearms Coordinator, Mr. Pete Vukovic. Hello. So, you know, for a little bit of our listening audience and whatnot, why don't you tell me about yourself? Um, I'm, I'm Pete Vukovic. I'm a special agent with the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives. Um, I have been a special agent with them for 21 years. Um, in my time frame as an agent, I have been stationed in Chicago and in Saint Paul, currently in St. Paul. Um, for the vast majority of my career, I was... Uh, field agent working uh, high-value gang targets, drug conspiracies, um, home invasion cases, um, and conducting undercover operations both in Chicago and St. Paul. Um, in the last five or six years, I've been a use of force instructor uh, for our field division. Uh, specifically, the last four years, I've been the firearms instructor coordinator, where, I, where me and my partner, we cover all use of force topics for uh, four states, Wisconsin, Minnesota, North, and South Dakota. Okay. And how are you liking Minnesota now that you're up here? Well, I've been up here for um, 15 years, so mm -hmm. I, it, it, it's nice living. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. So. Uh, so, you, you know, you've worked directly with uh, Camp Ripley as far as getting the opportunity to come up here and train. How, how has that gone for you? It, it has gone good. Um, part of my job is to find training locations uh, so we can run our training. Uh, and we're always looking for new training locations in um, firing ranges and such forth uh, because the agents get stagnant looking at the same floor plan, same houses, same places. Um, and this year and last year, we've been coming up to Ripley uh, and doing four training days every every summer almost. So um, the experience has been very positive. Uh, the facilities give us a lot more than what we can get down in the cities or in Wisconsin or in the Dakotas. Are there other training areas that you typically go to or, or local? Um, there are some local ones that we utilize in the cities and in the outline offices we do. Um, the only one that is comparatively close is we and it's been a long time since we've been there is Ellsworth Air Force Base out in Rapid City um, we've used that they have a nice mount location and all that so we've used that in the past okay yeah we, a lot of times we get comments about why uh, you know organizations from out of state or things like that on the military side or law enforcement from International Falls has to come all the way to Camp Ripley for training and you know what's what's been the benefit for your organization coming here um, the big benefit is the facilities we you guys have i want to say over 25 to 30 different building types and we can tailor our uh, training towards that and the buildings that you have plus the ability to drive around and, and the agents to get in cars um, allows us to uh, replicate real world operations that we do Okay, and do you all utilize, like, our billeting and things like that as well? Or? No, um, a lot of agents that are stationed in the Twin Cities will drive up the morning and go home the afternoon, so it's a long day for them. Um, the out-of-state people will usually stay in local hotels and all that in the, the Little Falls area or St. Cloud. Okay. Uh, you know, what, uh, what do you see on the horizon? What are some of the things that Ripley can provide for you that you'd like to branch out your training a little bit on? Um, 
uh, you know, the last couple of years, we've just been doing residential, uh, the buildings out here in the residential area. Um, we're, next year, we know, because of recent media attention, we're going to be doing a lot of active shooter stuff. So we'll probably go to the CATF B and uh, utilize the school, the hotel there, and do some active shooter training. Uh, in past, we've used uh, the medical center here, the simulation lab, and um, used them um, a lot. We're, the agents got to learn how to do basic first aid and basic TCCC um, methods uh, so they can replicate that in the field. Yeah, it's not just the ketchup and the band-aids anymore, is it? It's no, no, the, the sim lab is incredible. Um, it, 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 there's blood, there's noise, there's all that, and they get to work on a mannequin that moves and mm -hmm. it, it replicates uh, human body functions. Yeah, I was very much impressed with that. The uh, uh, Just the different types of opportunities that they give you, you know, to do actual almost realistic ivs and things like that and yeah i'm uh, i'm currently uh, a medic on our special response team or our swat team and so um i've used those in the past with our swat team and all that stuff and it was the benefit that we got as medics on our swat team i it was needed to the agents experience that as well the, the sim lab uh, re, uh, replicates a lot of real world injuries and that training that they get have been applied in the real world we in recent years we've had a i want to say in the last four years we've had three agents shot um a couple really criticals um and the training that the agents get they can apply to that situation okay how, how many different uh i guess i want to say job types or whatnot how many different types of agents do you have out here um, so uh, there's one career field, uh, it's called a special agent. It's an 1811 series on the government side. Um, and in the field division, we have roughly like 43 and our field division covers Wisconsin, half of Wisconsin, Minnesota, North and South Dakota. Um, there's also industry operations investigators. Um, and they, uh, what they do, they're 1801s on the government series and they, um, inspect gun dealers explosive dealers, explosive bunkers, manufacturers, and look for regulation issues that those uh, those branches have. And then there's a support staff where we have um, a very strong intel component where we uh, have intelligence research specialists um, that support the agents in the field and the IOIs uh, as well. Okay. Uh, anything with, like, canine or... Uh, we do. Um, so within the agent field, there are a bunch of different little specialties, um, and most of them are additional duties, but there are some that are full-time uh, uh, specialties. Uh, we have uh, certified explosive specialists that deal with an explosive. We have uh, ATF bomb techs, which are basically EOD folks, um, and then we have certified fire investigators that deal with fire scenes and crimes relating to fire scenes, and then we have uh, SEEK uh, handlers, which are explosive and arson uh, canines that um, and gun canines that uh, they go out and they uh, search crime scenes. And then we have special response team members, full-time SWAT team guys. There's full-time fire investigator guys. So there's a lot of little n niches within ATF. Um, and just like being a patrolman or in a police department, every day is different. So one day you might be doing a gun crime, next day you might be doing arson. Okay. Uh as far as the opportunity to train and whatnot, how frequent do you does your schedule allow that for? Um, so the agents are have to do sixteen hours of mandatory tactical training every year, 
and the tactical training covers numerous different topics from uh, movement training within a building to vehicle assaults to use undercover and confidential informant rescues um, and uh, to active shooter training. So we do a lot of that with simulations um, all over the place. Um, and then every quarter, they have to do eight hours of firearms training. Uh, so every agent typically will put down downrange 1,000 rounds of pistol ammunition and, and roughly about 800 rounds of rifle ammunition. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it definitely seems like, uh, you know, knowledge is, is the way to go with everything nowadays. It's the certifications, um, you know, people being qualified to do their different types of jobs and things like that. It's very, very important. So, you know, what other types of qualifications does a standard agent go through in order to be field ready, so to speak? Um, so we have a, a recruitment pro uh, process, um, USA Jobs dot com um we do a couple times a year we do an announcement and for those that are interested in looking i'd say you almost have to be on it once a week to look for the announcement mm -hmm. uh, and it'd be consistent um and then you go through a hiring process which involves a, an interview panel a pt test a background check a physical um a medical exam um and yeah i mentioned security clearance and then eventually you're given an offer um the process in the last 21 years, I've seen it take, you know, six months. I've seen up to three years. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it, it just depends on the flow of the government and how we're funded, I hate to say. Mm -hmm. um, but right now, I think it's pretty quick. Um, it's just I think we're getting a lot more applicants than we have time to interview and get it going and get class sizes. So it's, um, it's just a matter of time. Um, that's with all of our jobs. We, we kind of go through that same process. Um, and then once you get, you're hired, you're told your location where you're going to go nationwide, and then you go down to our academy down in Glencoe, Georgia, uh, just north of Jacksonville, uh -huh. um, and it's a six-month, six-and-a-half-month academy. Um, and then once you graduate that, you're ready for the field. Um, you're put into the field doing cases. Um, there's, going back the last 30, 40 years, there's been stories and true stories where agents have graduated on Friday and been doing undercover on the following Tuesday okay. and yeah. involved in shootings on that day, you know, within that week. So you are put right into the job and out there with a training agent doing what we do. Mm -hmm. Is, is there a lot of military or former military in the ATF now? Yes, there is. Um, they do look at, uh, they give a veteran preference a little bit uh, on some job series and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. It does help in your interview panel and all that. I would say at least a quarter of us to a third of us have been in the military. Um, I know. And right is, now, is that because like the disciplines are the same or, the, you know, the kind of the op tempo is the same? I think so. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's the same stress levels and stuff like that that we're used to. And it's, the camaraderie, mm -hmm. you know, it's it's very close to it, um, and so I know on in our field division, I, in at least in the Twin Cities, at least well over a third of us are veterans. Um, we've served on active duty. Most all of us mm -hmm. have. So, okay, uh, you know, what's uh, I guess from the transition between the military to the ATF, what's been kind of the the benefit for you on that? What's uh, um, well, I I was I served in the nineties. Um, and then I got out in 98 and I was a police officer right after that. And so, um, it was, the disciplines are the same having, you know, that 
to be a go-getter and all that stuff was the same. And then it was a pretty smooth transition because yeah. you're used to a lot of that, the command structure and a leadership chain and all that type of stuff. Okay. And for people looking uh, to, for the ATF as far as a career, the USA Jobs is where to go? USAjobs.com. Um, and you can go to our ATF.gov uh, website, too, and they'll have links as well. Okay. What's next for you as far as your career? What's uh, what, are you, what are you shooting for? Oh well, I am uh, I am like sixty five days away for eligibility for retirement. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so um, we'll see where it goes after that. We'll take it month by month. <laughs> okay, perfect, perfect. Uh, well, we're going to take a quick break uh, to allow our uh, sponsors, the Army National Guard, to talk about recruiting, and then uh, we'll be right back uh, with the this latest episode of Ripley Recall. Becoming a soldier in the Army National Guard is not easy. Don't quit, let's go! But it will be one of the most transformative experiences of your entire life. It all starts with basic combat training, or BCT. Over the course of 10 weeks, you will learn to overcome any challenge placed before you. The transition from civilian to soldier will transform you both physically and mentally and will be an experience that you will remember for the rest of your life. Welcome to the U.S. Army, the world's greatest fighting force. The U.S. Army has four sites for BCT, Fort Benning, Fort Jackson, Fort Sill, and Fort Leonard Wood. As a National Guard soldier, you will train alongside active duty and reserve component soldiers alike. And together with your battle buddies, you will learn the Army's stringent combat standards. Once soldiers arrive at their basic training reception battalion, they will make a final phone call notifying family they've arrived safely. Parents or spouses need not be concerned if you don't hear from your loved one over the 10 weeks of basic training. Families should know that soldiers will be in good hands you can be assured that your soldiers receiving the best training and care the Army has to offer. Males and females were trained together but are housed separately. Reception typically lasts four to seven days and includes administrative preparations such as physical examinations, dental exams, x-rays, optometry exams, blood tests, and immunizations. Be prepared because there is no smoking, alcohol, no drugs or junk food during training. If you can't handle that, then you've come to the wrong place. To complete your transition, you will enjoy one of the post's barber shops where you will be treated to the Army's famed military makeover. At last, you will be issued your Army Combat Uniform. Once you've processed through reception, you are now ready to get to know your drill sergeants, who are very excited to meet you. Go! Get off the bus! What are you waiting on? Go! Go! Get off! 
the drill sergeants at first they can come off as very scary that is their job just to take you from civilian to a soldier in a short amount of time they're not here to hurt you they are here to make you stronger you are a risk assessment waiting to happen go you're having to obey orders and uh, do exactly what they tell you to do it how, they, how to do it and when to do it and if you don't do it that way they will correct you try this again one more time what am i drill sergeant there you go wake up yes drill sergeant on, You better learn my voice really quick. You can't even do a push-up. If a fly lands on your face and it itches more than anything, you let that fly do whatever it wants to do. You do not slap it off. You do not move. If I tell you something and you hear my voice, you better snap and get right. You understand? How are you here? You can't do a push-up, 41. Do not move. These are now your bunks. Hurry up. Get over here. Hey, Sergeant. Sergeant, really? Sergeant, how long have you been here? Basic training is divided into three phases, red, white, and blue. Your training begins in red phase, in which soldiers develop basic combat skills with emphasis on equipment familiarization and skill developments such as first aid, physical readiness training, and team building. Highlights include the confidence course and the gas chamber where soldiers are exposed to CS gas in a controlled environment and are expected to react. During weeks four through six, white phase, soldiers begin honing their skills with basic rifle marksmanship. Soldiers will also train in combatives and pugil stick tactics, where soldiers are trained to close in on the enemy. Countered by intelligence and common sense, this training teaches soldiers to use their rifle as a melee weapon. The confidence course tests personal courage on elevated obstacles. You will work on your strengths and weaknesses, and learn to depend on your battle buddies to complete the course. Also during this phase, soldiers are instructed on tactical foot marches and land navigation, which includes map reading and compass skills. Blue phase concentrates on individual tactics, increased leadership, self-discipline, and teamwork. This phase is the culmination of everything learned throughout all BCT training phases. During the U.S. weapons immersion, Trainees first practice with dummy grenades and graduate to live grenades. They will also undergo field training exercises and simulated combat scenarios during the day and night. You will have a battle buddy who communicates what needs to happen so you can stay accountable for your team. You've done it. You've completed basic combat training and taken your place among the greatest fighting force in the world. You've passed the red, white, and blue phases and now proudly display those colors on your U.S. Army uniform. Your friends and loved ones will be proud and will notice the change in you. You are now a soldier, but your journey doesn't end here. This adventure has only just begun.
All right, welcome back to Ripley Recall. I'm with Mr. Pete Vukovic of the ATF, and we are talking uh, about some of their uh, standard uh, practices and their training here at Camp Ripley. So, you know, I never see a a Netflix show about ATF. There's all kinds of FBI and profilers and CSIs this, but, you know, where's the ATF? Uh, We're out there, but, you know, we're very quiet. Um, We're a very small agency. There's only roughly 2,500 gun toters compared to like the FBI, which is like over 10,000 DEA has got like 5,000. Um, so we're very quiet, but we we're kind of, kind of like the special forces of federal law enforcement. Mm-hmm. We're quiet, the silent warriors. I, you know, you, you don't see too many ATF folks in suits, I guess that's, that's that part of it as well. Is that, that, that is part of it. We, we are, uh, we're integrated with local law enforcement. We mm-hmm. work down there. Um, for typically, for most offices nationwide, guys are dressed like local police officers that are working in undercover capacity down in local task force. Um, for years, I spent most of my career down working with county uh, task forces, um, other federal agency task forces, but mostly with state and local police departments. And, and for most part, all my partners were over the last, you know, with 16 years I was doing investigation were state and local police officers. How how many different agencies do you uh, do you typically work with? I mean, it's um, it depends on the investigation. Okay, uh, you know, yeah. usually uh, what I've where I found my niche in it was I was working with a, a drug task force or a local police uh, office uh, department's got a violent crimes task force, and usually me and a, a local police officer would work together. Either he'd have a confidential informant or I'd have one and uh, we'd target a street gang and put that informant into the street gang to buy evidence or purchase evidence from them. Um, and we'd, we'd conduct numerous deals and all that stuff where we're, our operations where we're purchasing evidence, conducting surveillance, um, getting enough probable cause to execute a search warrant to go recover that crime gun or firearms in general relating to that street organization. Is there a is there an accelerated level of danger at the ATF level? Um, there there isn't natural in all law enforcement. Um, we do a lot of high risk warrants. Mm-hmm. Uh, street agents do uh, uh, search warrants and arrest warrants at the bad guy's house, um, and you know that's part of where the training that we come in can replicate here is okay. They're exiting their cars, they're approaching the house. They're, are they breaching the door properly? Because um, in law enforcement, 76% of all shootings on a resident happen at the door. And if they don't happen at the door, the next time they happen is that master bedroom or that bedroom where he's li- living at. So the agents use, we have them practice tactics to safely arrest the subject and go home safe at the night. You know, even still in the military, how we go through our process of training with task conditions and standards and the conditions change constantly right so I, I would assume that the same thing of, of you but the more and more cases you go through and develop uh, and learn from it do you see a, a template or a, a repetition in that as far as no it's constantly it has changed considerably since 2001 mm-hmm. um, my f- second day on the job was 9-11 with ATF so there's interesting stories that happen at and how the agency changed since then, mm-hmm. you know, with social media and the way a lot of that has gone. Um, the bad guys are using different methods and we're constantly adapting and trying to outsmart them. 
to get them, you know, put them in custody safely. Um, and over the years, our tactics have changed. Our equipment has changed. The way we deploy has drastically changed, just like the military has over the last 20 years. Okay. All right. Uh, you know, anything else you want to add as we kind of wrap up here? Nope. Uh, we appreciate you uh, allowing Camp Ripley to allow us to use our facilities, and um, it's a great place for us to, allow to, to tr- do realistic training. Well, thank you. Yeah, and we're happy to have you here. It's it's nice to see a, a little bit different color than green every once in a while. So. <laughs> no problem. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and that'll wrap up this episode of the Ripley Recall. Again, I'm Mr. Anthony Housie, U.S. Army retired, and uh, you can find us on Spotify and Amazon uh, and your favorite hotspots for podcasts.